Right. And also, since I don't care about achievements, I'm freed from achievement hunting. I just do whatever I want and then stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Then at that point, you just kind of have to think about the angle. Like, what, what kind of... Totally get the fucking uh, platinum in this game. Well, I have one that, speaking that of platinums, we're live, and that's a platinum <laughs> in Pixel Pints. Welcome <laughs> to Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast that covers two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch, and I'm joined by an esteemed. Uh, you're not a panel. You're just a group of people uh, that I enjoy <laughs> talking to. So. <laughs> We have all the way from Japan, we got Evan Piotrowski. What, sweater weather. It's happened, finally. I'm surprised you're not wearing one, Burkoff. I thought for sure you'd be a uh, uh, sweater, uh, sweater weather. You mean vest, you mean vest, vest. weather. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. It it's not sweater, it's sweater o- weather. It's always sweater weather. It's always sweater weather here in weather weather. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I... You caught that, did you? <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> sweater weather. Um, Shibu- Ichiban Shibors. Um, Ichiban Shibors. Yeah, it's so Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's 83 degrees here, but it there's it's 81 percent humidity, so it feels like 91. And even though I'm in the small room with the AC on, you, you can feel like the air is still like really really thick. It's it's pretty pretty gross here, and it's raining outside if you want to know how but, that feels um, like you just play persona 5 it'll tell you exactly how that feels too <laughs> oh is there a part is there a part where they talk about how shitty summer is in japan uh they tell you the weather um of every single day during the seasons yeah. and so, so you know oh, it's yeah, like that a is right. humid humid season but yeah. because we're not in japan burkoff's over here on the west coast in viva las the vegas the best coast. Uh, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm doing all right, man. I had to buy a new fridge, though. That was an expense I was not expecting. Did you at least sit in uh, the fridge and close it on yourself to get that experience? Uh, no. Uh, but, yeah, the new one's working well. Um, What's the yeah, point? That was... What's the point of the fridge, Burkoff, then? <laughs> it's, the, it's the only time it'll be completely empty. It's just, you know. Yeah, completely available. <laughs> No, it was already, uh, actually, my wife took care of uh, hooking it all up and everything. So by the time I got home from work the next day, uh, it was all, it was already done. So she didn't do it either. So you should be disappointed. I'm disappointed in both of you. And you can tell that to the wife. I'm disappointed in her. All right. I'll let her know. I'm not, I'm, I was never her favorite, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if, just so you know, we are, uh, we are Pixel Pints. Oh, I'm in, I'm in L.A., Things fine. Just been doing a lot of sports, so I'm tired all the time. So it's either going to the gym, or I'm going to play beach volleyball, or I'm going to go play tennis. Yeah. This guy, you know, before Mitch's time, he he sees Top Gun Maverick, and he's like, "Oh, there's a there's a one before this." He watches that volleyball scene. He's like, "Dude, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get in so much shape. The shape. The shape I'm going to be in. Right. Beach volleyball." Yeah. I'm going to be the shape of you. 
No, no, okay. Isn't that a song by Ed Sheeran? Shape, Shape of You or whatever? Yeah, I'm in love with the shape of you. Yeah, thank mm. you. Thank you. Just push and pull yeah, like magnets do. Um, <laughs> so we're Pixel Pints. Uh, we stream every single weekend here on twitch.tv slash Pixel Pints. If you want to follow us, we are on Twitter, kind of. Well, unless Twitter implodes. Things are changing in the social media landscapes. Yeah. This graphic may have to change soon. I am so sorry, Rafa. You just made this recently. and You might have to change it. But yeah, there's new things called Mastodon. There's new King Tall Threads. We don't know where we're going to be, but you can just follow us right now on Twitter at Pixel underscore Pints or on Instagram. That one definitely is not going away. Pixel Pints yeah, Pod. Pod. Uh, we're also archive all our episodes on twitch.tv slash Pixel Pints or on YouTube. That one also isn't going away. You know, it's a, it's a theme. Elon Musk, if you touch something, it tends to go away. It's just probably not touch anything anymore you should be a germaphobe and just stop touching things um but uh we're at uh youtube.com slash pixel pints or just look look up pixel pints and we'll find it anyway we talk about two things that is good beer and video games so now gentlemen it is time for some a beer talk some brewskis I was going to get beer, and I completely forgot on my drive back from beach volleyball to pick up a specialty beer, and I was so upset because I was already – I literally – because the store I was going to go to is in Sautel, which is kind of a a mini Korean-Japanese Asian cuisine hub place, but there's a specialty beer place there as well that has really interesting beers. I was way past that when I realized, oh, shit, I wanted to do that before I went home. So I, I just have Alani. So <laughs> next time. What do you got, Burkoff? Oh, I have a uh, Modelo Negra that I picked up. So um, I don't think I've ever had this on the show. I rarely get it. No, Usually you have not. I will. Usually I'll order it like when I go to uh, Mexican restaurants or something. It's uh, just sort of a a special beer. Um, but um, no, so we're this week we're gonna try and make Boya uh, Alabrasa, which is a Peruvian dish, and it calls for a cup of dark beer. So I had to pick up a six pack of Modelo Negra. So nice. Gonna, I haven't. Um, other... I haven't had one of those for a while. Are you gonna like make other dishes with dark beer? So you don't waste it all, or are you just gonna drink it all? I'll probably just drink it all, uh, except for one of the bottles. You might, you that's might, the, you might have to like look up always, and be uh, like, make dark, dark beer dishes, and like try something crazy. Maybe like soak some chicken in the dark well, beer. That's, it, yeah, it is a chicken dish, but um, well, I was just thinking like you could do like a, you could do like a, um, a beer batter. And do like chicken fingers, but in a beer batter oh. style. Actually, fish and chips with this in the in the batter would actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Do some experimenting. Yeah. So um, this is I, I'll have to do some more research on this, but uh, the Negra is a uh, Munich Dunkel is the style of beer, which kind of makes sense because most uh, Mexican beers are just lagers, so mm-hmm. it's it stands to reason that they would do you know. Um, more German style beer, I guess. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a little, um, little malty, um, little uh, you know, 
slight notes of coffee. All the stuff you'd expect from a, a dark beer. What do you got, Evan? Actually, I have a dark lager as well. It's quite rare for me. Uh, so I um, I subscribe to Mino Beer's bi-monthly package, and each one they'll, they'll include a couple bottles of seasonal beer. So this is their seasonal beer. Uh, there you go. Mino Ooh. Beer. You know what that art reminds it's, me uh, of? Reminds me of the, what's that? Uh, those... Uh, oh, geez. What's the, what's the director's name? Oh, my God. Uh, Spirited Away. Miyazaki. It looks like a Miyazaki art. A little bit. Yeah, yeah uh, there's probably some sort of thread with Japanese artists. And it's fair. It, if it's not anime, because, you know, like Hayao Miyazaki or Ghibli art style is, is different. I would. It's like a yeah, subcategory yeah, of anime yeah, style, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, you could probably put that in, in that type of category. So this is the Papazaru Dark Lager. It just means a, a daddy monkey lager. And I believe they released this on Father's Day, so I've, oh, I've, it's been in the fridge okay. for a while. That makes That's sense. why he's got okay. the. It, it, for for people only listening, it, there is a blue monkey with a tie, a lovely, uh, like villainous Salvador Dali, but not as long mustache and glasses on. So it's he's supposed to be a dad, and he's holding a beer. And their logo is a, a monkey because there are monkeys in the mountains. He looks, in like a, he looks like a if, if Alfred from Batman was a monkey. Yeah, <laughs> from from Batman the animated series. Man had a kid with Salvador Dali, and then that kid was also a monkey. <laughs> That's what this monkey looks like. Actually, all of their beers. One second. See, I also forgot we are on podcasting services around the globe. So just look up Pixel Pints, <laughs> and we're there audio listeners but we recommend watching the video version we got funky graphics and stuff oh my god so many audio listeners he nice. just pulled out four beers of different monkeys doing the same yeah, position so... they all sit on their bum and they pull they just mm -hmm. take one arm and they put out a glass of something and there's always some festive thing on their head or on their ears and they're different colored monkeys yeah so the uh the one that they did for Valentine's Day, he's, he's holding a rose in his mouth. The one that has yuzu in it, he's got a little leaf on his head, and he's the color of a yuzu lemon. And so, yeah, like basically, the lo it's it's the logo of the company, and all they do is just cha oh, my window's open. <laughs> Sorry, um, they just keep changing the color and the slightly altering the the monkey to suit whatever the beer is. So, this is a dark lager. It doesn't. It just says dark lager. Um, I don't know. It's not like a specific dark lager style. Hold on, I have the information of the beer here. So it's a, it's a dark lager. It's five percent, okay. and I've had a little bit of it. So I have it in a little tasting glass. It pours the color of the Thames. Uh, it's like sewer <laughs> water. No, it's not. It's like a. About the same, yeah, actually. they're about the same color. Yeah, I actually, think yeah, it's it, a little it's, brighter, just a little bit, but it might be the lighting. Yeah, it's possible. It, yeah. It, it, it makes sense that it's it's also lighter because it's a lager. It's not um, well, well, a heavy like opaque beer. It's a kind of transparent brown, and yeah. again, one one reason I do like um, dark lagers. I should probably have more is because they're lagers. They're, uh, there's the good ones are drinkable. They're like really, really drinkable. You can you can have a few. It's not it's not 
heavy or overpowering. This has a a very um, light, very light roast uh, flavor to it, um, and way more carbonated than a, like a dark ale. Right. Which which I don't know. I prefer, especially on a humid, hot day like this. It's you know if you if you want instead of going for like a stout or something a bit our beers, heavier. Our beers stouts amazing, aren't heavy, but our beers amazingly sound very similar. Yeah, <laughs> they do. I'm okay, super is it, surprised. Is it kind of yeah. <laughs> It's okay, almost so, exactly yeah. what you yeah. Wait a minute, and I, I peel it, it just says like Modella. <laughs> it's like Scooby Doo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is um this is this is good. I'm pretty sure Her Majesty had the other one. Because if she gets home tomorrow and I had the only Papazaru dark lager, she might be mad. But them's the breaks. I didn't drink for four days because of my ear infection. She had four days to drink that beer and she didn't. That's her fault. That is, yeah. This is a it's a solid, uh very drinkable dark lager. I like it a lot. Alright. Sounds like a plant. One quick question for you, Evan, because I just I just got into realization because you have a house now. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious because all my perception of when I see of like people living in Japan, it's very compact and very small, but you seem to have a lot of space in your house. Is like there a change in like culture wise in Japan where like homes are becoming a little more spacious in comparison to the past? actually a good question and um older houses tended to have even if the the space on the first floor was big they tended to separate that space into like four small rooms versus maybe in the states that might be just one giant living room or two separate rooms Mm -hmm. um and the, the measurement for japanese houses is joe which is the size of a single tatami mat it makes sense to me now that's not very helpful to you guys, but um, <laughs> if you get an older house, it will be all of these small rooms. And even what uh, people do now is they'll buy an older house for cheap and they'll just renovate it. So those rooms that are like smaller ones, they just knock the walls down and, and make it a bigger space. But yeah, I, I, mean, I just don't like know. We, just kind of like what we do in, in American society too, because like old houses would be separated too. And most people yeah. just knock down a wall and then all of a sudden it's like open right. concept. Right. And then, of course, if you're in the city in Japan, uh, think of that in the States, but on a smaller scale. So the rooms are even smaller, uh, which I never understood. I don't know culturally why they've been separated into such small spaces, but this house is new. We're the first people to live here. I think it was six months old when we moved. So it was built in July of 2021. Okay. The house is only two years old. And it's just a very modern house, and one reason we like it is because it's really spacious. Um, especially in Kyoto, you'll get, they call them uh, unagi nedokoro. Uh, they call them um, eel, how do you want it? Eel caves. Because a lot of the, because there's not a lot of room uh, wide, the houses tend to be skinny and long. Like like in, like in the cave of an eel, it's just the word sure. that they use. And I hate those houses, and I, when we were looking for houses, like so many of the houses were just, the rooms were small. Like it, it's 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 long, but I I want a room that's actually spacious and we can move around a bit. So when we found this place, like this room up here, the one reason I like it is the ceiling is, it's in line with the um the roof. So the ceiling's like I can't, I could if I if I put 
Burkoff on my shoulders, you still couldn't touch. Yeah, that's the, what I was getting ceiling. the feeling of. It's and super that's, high. And all of a sudden, when you went to go shut your window, I was like, "Wait, you have more space than I think you do." Yeah, I mean, all right. So... Okay, yeah, that is way taller than I thought. Okay. Yeah, so this this room itself is, it's it's big, it's it's bigger than um, normal bedrooms in Japan, and we still get. This is really interesting for everyone as well. Um, right before the topic. We get flyers in in the, our post for houses, and I've never seen anything there for a comparable price that is as spacious, especially our living room, as as our place. So we got really lucky, and especially buying the house before the war uh, started, because all the prices in Japan, like everything, like just got went through the roof, especially wood, and so this mm. house is already worth a shit ton more and. Yeah, yeah, that's so. That the, this the, so basically the reason we bought this house is because it's not a typical Kyoto house that has those small rooms as you were gotcha. referring to. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Well, speaking of topic, because Evan brought it up, we have a topic. I don't know, Burkoff, you want to introduce it, or if you want me to to do it, either or doesn't matter. Um. All right. So what do we what do we finalize for the title? <laughs> Uh, I don't I know. Do you want to read, was... read them off? <laughs> I mean, we just had so many different ones. You just want me to go through each of them one by one? You could, yeah. This, this is Burkoff's idea. So, Burkoff basically was there. It's been something we've talked about in the past. Of I think the conversation really came into play when people were playing God of War Ragnarok. Um, it was a um, little bit before that, too, with a little bit of Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, but I think yeah. it, we, I think we really started to like chat, chat more about it once God of War Ragnarok came out, and it was just like every time our characters would go into a specific space, we felt as if the character was already telling you what to do to how to solve the puzzle before you even like had a chance to like digest everything, and yeah. and so <laughs> Burkoff's idea of the title for the topic, well, we had a bunch of versions, but. Uh, Perkoff's first suggestion was are AAA studios purposely dumbing down games or are they following telemetry or just doing uh, or just doing what the market is demanding uh, that was not good enough for Mr. McWomble who's not here <laughs> uh, so he had to say like, I mean it's kind of hard to put into the title of a yeah, so that I framed it as our AAA uh, is trip our AAA games giving away the mental challenge in games with hints, and then you went to our AAA developers intentionally dumbing down games, and then uh, McWomble's response was not a snappy enough title. Which is someone watching the comments in case McWomble is here on the show because I do not uh, have the comments no. pulled up right now. Um, no, but uh, we got. Dan, we got Dan in the chat. And we got Shelburne. Okay, well, <laughs> you, you're going to be our chat guy, Burkoff, because I don't have it pulled up. Then it went to it's, it, it's not negative enough, right? Everyone gravitates toward negative. Joan is awful. Black, uh, <laughs> Black Mirror, the new season. You got you got to think of the snappy negative title. I, I, I see what Mick Wamble's doing. He's, well, he's putting in the work. Well, it wasn't snappy enough. So then our favorite, uh, uh, the favorite ethics Xbox game podcast Essex based yeah yep decided to pop in and chime in mr dimp digital himself decided to pop in say are gamers too thick for complex games and then also said uh 
brain dead um, losers can't handle the mental <laughs> challenge. <laughs> and yeah. then to that one, it got McWomble to say, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in a nutshell, our topic is talking about our triple A games trying uh in or uh our triple A games giving away the mental challenge in video games uh too too early um to allow gamers to actually feel challenged so i feel like that's one aspect of it um and we can get into a bunch of different aspects of of this um and so what prompted me to want to suggest that as a topic to talk about was i was watching a guy streaming uh jet set radio for the dreamcast i don't know if you guys remember that game no jet grind radio jet grind radio is what it was called in the states um and the one of the modes that he was in you had to race another ai character um and they're on uh rollerblades and you're kind of like going through the city and it's like um like a cel-shaded version of tony hawk with uh rollerblades but um he couldn't beat this character on um the way that he was going he's like everything i do even if i do it perfectly he's already done it perfectly but there's a one point in the in the stage where the character you're racing stops and he waits until you reach that point and then they they starts going again and uh somebody in the chat was like well why don't you try an alternate route so he does he tries an alternate route and what we found out was that in that particular level that particular mode the AI character won't progress unless you hit that trigger where it causes him to go for the second uh, portion of the the race. So and he I found like, a bug. How... He found a bug no, basically. It's not even it's not even a bug. I think it's I think it's interesting game design because it's like how would you unless you did it so many times to the point where you're like oh, I have to try alternate route just to see um, you wouldn't know that that was what you needed to do. But I feel like most modern games now would have some pop up and be like, maybe you should try an alternate route. You know what I mean? <laughs> like after the first failure, right? Like that would be that would be how you would handle it in today's uh, amusement park design. And so that was kind of what I was getting at with the the topic. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Um. Yeah, on, on my end, I'm conflicted on this one. Um. Like as a as a person that enjoys figuring out puzzles myself, sometimes I do find it annoying that I don't get an opportunity to feel like I'm really solving the puzzle myself without them giving me a giant hint about it. Um, I will say the God of War one, I kind of fig in Ragnarok and specifically I'm talking about the one where um, you learn that you can freeze the steamed water with your axe and that would like change things in the environment around you. I kind of was able to figure that out before they gave me the hint, but I've seen videos of people getting the hint before they were able to figure it out. And I kind of was like, I got that moment of, oh my God, satisfaction. I was I was able to like, oh, what if I throw my ax at this water? What's gonna happen? Oh my God, I just figured right. out a new game mechanic. Um, so I get it. Um, like I, I, I do enjoy that personally. I do find some games are giving it way too early, like the new Tomb Raider games, um, especially the last couple, um, two and three are so handholdy. Um, yeah, but 
I mean, I can understand the viewpoint of on the dev side too, though, and I think there's just a, I, in my mind, there's a way to make a good compromise. But I can understand on the dev side because if you look at having your favorite thing, trophies. Uh, it, I'm just doing in this comparison to PlayStation just because trophies are a really good indicator um, to see how far people make it in games because there's a trophy for every single like story thing you get through and you can see if they had finished the title. And people don't finish games. It's just not as so, common. And so I can uh, understand the viewpoint of being like, well, let's make this as easy as possible for someone to be able to feel like they can finish it uh, so that they're not stuck. But I think at the same time, I would have just put in a setting where it says, hey, like I, I t- turn off hints or reduce hints or give me a hint button that I can press if I want a hint at that moment. Right. Um, I think there are solutions to this definite like occurringness of what is happening in the AAA space way more often. Um, so I am not disagreeing. I I, I totally agree with you, Burkoff. I, I don't want it. I just, um, I think there are solutions and I hopefully that will just move in that direction. But what do you well, think so of it? That, well, I was going to say that was the other part of it was, uh, that was why I brought up the telemetry because you do have this new tool as a developer to be able to measure those metrics, right? Which was not, it was not something that developers had the ability to do back in 2000 or 2001. I would disagree um, though. Not necessarily Burkoff. Uh, my disagree. I, the only reason I disagree with that is like, um, they're doing testing on these titles. Like they test every bit of this game. They test from, they sure. text text, they test sections of games. They test full playthroughs of games. So they know where the pain points are going to be there. They do extensive surveys to figure out like why they were stuck there. Sometimes they'll do interview questions to figure out why they were stuck in that specific scenario. So a lot of the choices design wise can be made sometimes because of testing and, and, this is not inside baseball. This is many comments have been right, made right, by right. game directors of being like an example was uh, for God of War. Uh, Corey Barlog did an interview and he even said, why in the world did you guys do? Um, uh, Why did you do like stories in the boat? He's like, it was through testing. People were really bored in the boat and we wanted to have something that was more interesting to have. And the, yeah. the, the tricky part, though, was. It also helped affirm some things for them because all of a sudden a player was a tester was like circling around in the boat constantly and he was freaking out going like oh my god do they not know like they can interact with the port right there is it not really obvious <laughs> to the player is there not like the things there and then they talked to him after being like hey we saw you kind of like circling around but she's like no he's just telling a cool story i just wanted him to finish and it's like oh my god that's so awesome to hear but like <laughs> you wouldn't know that unless you were asking them so i mean okay yes i i Yes, there is technology to like tell what people are doing. Like trophies is a good way to be able to like gauge the public audience on certain things. But testing is everything. It it you can't you can't have a good title without good testing on it. You know what game is <clears throat> in dire need of the walk and talk? Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> you learn nothing about those characters unless it's in a cutscene. Uh are you not doing active that's, time lore? That's not true. That's not true. Don't don't, you, don't you lie. They, they talk. They talk every now and then, but the way that God of War specifically does it, 
it was great because you just it, it kills two birds with one stone you know you're Sorry. keeping the player um engaged while you're going from a to b i mean even uh, um gta does that like a lot of that i remember i got it must have been gta 5 like 20 hours in i'm like wait a minute this whole game is me driving from a to b in the car and they're just tricking me into thinking that there's more interesting things going on because you're, they're constantly talking while they're doing it i think that's a great way to keep people engaged in uh how mundane getting from point a to b can be that's why i disagree uh, with you because final fantasy 16 actually does that it doesn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't of? say i wouldn't say it doesn't very well but at least it is doing it and i'm noticing it even especially during the main story missions even going from a to b i can even remember this isn't a big spoiler it's literally in the beginning of the game basically but when you're going to the church full of the um Oh, geez, now I forgot the terminology. The bears? But, yeah, the ones with the bears. Like, there's conversations happening in between walking there. Are they awesome? Are they as good as in-depth as something like of a God of War? No, but they are there, and they definitely are offering context to player. There, some of it's in there. When you get into the, some of the more open spaces, like, oh, yeah. take the sand in God of War Ragnarok. You know the sand area? That's basically a giant um, side quest area. There's all these points of interest that is very clear, and then they so the devs know that you're going to be spending a lot of time uh, going to each of those locations, and they just fill that space with a lot of interesting conversations that um, kill lots of birds with a single stone. Where you learn more about Freya, you learn more about uh, the the land that you're in. It's just it's it's checking off all of these boxes, and then I'm in this giant area right now in Final Fantasy 16. It's like you just hate running. the side quests. It's okay. It's okay. Running. It's so, okay. Hit okay. side quests. But what does that have right. to do? Sorry. With yeah, puzzles? we're we're kind of we're we're <laughs> getting about, we're getting away from the, talk about the carriage. That's what I want to hear because that's <laughs> that's the other the, that's dumb, the, other, the dumb dumb part. Yeah, that's the other portion. I was like, I saw you talk about that in the Discord, and then I saw this other guy play Jet Set Radio, and I was like, oh, like that's sort of how you know. Wait, but I want to hear his thought on a thought on like mental puzzles really quick before we even get well, into the, that. Yeah, the, the carriage will totally get you. Yeah, I don't see the connection yeah, between the carriage and the puzzles. I don't see that at all. It's tangentially related, I guess. Yeah, because it's not. It, it's just they put the carriage. And it's so very close. <laughs> so like way too close. All they have to do is put it in the forest and it solves the entire issue there. But uh, before that, Mitch, bef uh, before I forget when you were talking about um, games like specifically Horizon Forbidden West is one of the worst cases of the game over explaining stuff uh, before that you before you see the puzzles and telling you where to go before you have a chance to find stuff yourself and some of this stuff to me it's it's been a solved problem since uncharted where if you're in a, in an area and a certain amount of time passed you know the a puzzle area a little um d-pad showed up in the bottom of the screen saying push left to get a hint yeah like, hint button yeah just 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 do that or like right. you said um there's i believe in forbidden west and i don't know about ragnarok there is a toggle for the level of hints that you're given or how quickly you're getting them but i don't think we're at a point now where that's solved yet like they really need to do like completely well, on completely off the toggle needs 
to be a bit technically Ragnarok's got nav assist and and has audio cues so like they could just use that to like help solve the puzzle yeah. so that is true yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be someone saying like push that button you, you walk by that button five times you what did what did otab say you fucking loser <laughs> uh you thick-headed idiot um but I, I do remember this situation had been brought up with resident evil 4 as well where there was a tweet that blew up where um in, in the remake they showed a picture of the breakable crates that had like a giant like yellow x painted on it and the guys were like why do devs keep doing this because in the in the previous game it was more of like a scooby-doo effect where like the boxes stuck out but they weren't painted white or yellow which are the most common colors of like you can interact with that thing and so he posted that and then there was a a, a dev who worked on uh half-life portal and and left for dead i believe he said like uh oh it's here uh, someone has never sat in and observed playtesting. Oh, like the yeah. reason we put that in yeah. is because people, people didn't couldn't, didn't know that they could break it. So I, I'm totally for that type of stuff. I get that. Make it as subtle as possible, or even in Tomb Raider, you could toggle that stuff. Like turn off like the white paint that designates that like this is climbable. You can, can turn it completely off. So I do appreciate that stuff. It would be nice to have that in like uh, in games moving forward forward um yeah let me just hop then on you have that stuff really like, quick like uh, yeah yeah go the, ahead the like i think this is the frustrating thing about gamers is they don't understand is you are not the only demographic and yeah. that there are more general players than there are hardcore gamers and it's going to be hard to hear that but that's true and we need to make games available for everyone to be able to pick up and play and like Again, I'm all for offering toggling options for hardcore players so that they can feel like they have challenge for the people that play like 10 games a year like we do. Um, or if you're Evan, he plays 14,000 games a year and they're all small indie games and then claims he played all the AAA games. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, I know shots fired, um, shots fired, Jesus. shots fired. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, what I'm trying to say is, is, that is why we that, that's why developers have to do that is when they're grabbing playtesters they are they are grabbing the wide gambit of people they're grabbing people that have never played this uh, the title that they're testing on they've grabbed people that have played all of the titles before uh, they're grabbing people that have never played a video game before and and that is really important because when when you design something you think okay I'm a gamer that this is what my mindset thinks but it's not until you get into the hands of another person to actually see how it is affecting you as a player they could just make an assumption all they want you you'd be shocked to learn of the things like like you said they had to literally make a thing to tell a player hey anything with painted x's you can chop because i bet you a million dollars they all look like oh this is so pretty this is a pretty crate oh look at this another pretty crate oh my god why are there so many x's with pretty crates on them not knowing like oh i could break the dang thing right i think right. that's just like it's such a it's such a lost notion in uh hardcore gamers that it's like these games are meant for everyone and yes it's if you want to find a game that you want to like have pure discovery with go play zelda <laughs> go play go play breath of the wild and all those kinds of games that's fine go enjoy them 
but like not every game is going to be catered in that direction and i think also for me it respect i think it respects the player's time um for me as a, a person that doesn't have a lot of time on my hands as much anymore i like knowing what i can do in a game and what are my options yes do i like some self-discovery yeah you can give me hints and i can like figure them out for myself and get that discovery feeling but for a game like breath of the wild and a game like uh, tears of the kingdom for me all that game is is almost like a feeling of wasting my time because all the cool things i'll never find unless i watch a video about someone else discovering it first so that is for me really difficult so there's just such a wide gambit of people that this is why games are the way they are and it's a stupid thing to be frustrated about i don't understand why someone's frustrated over a game explaining a mechanic to you it's you if anything you should be thanking them so they you know you can do it because i think it would be worse for a person a hardcore gamer going through the entire game not knowing they could have broken that crate and been like why am i out of ammo all the time why do i have no health why do i not have this right right but also the other thing is like they they tell you you can break the crates they're x with the crates on them but if you play later on in resident evil 4 there's more than just the crates you can break but the game doesn't tell you that it teaches like you the, the vase ba- the, exactly yeah. the vases in the castle yeah, so yeah. what's doing is teaching you the base mechanic of hey you can break stuff and then it leads the player to do their own self-discovery going like hey what are, what if i try to break this vase and they're like oh all the vases now have stuff and it just that's that a good teaches point. the player that's a good something. Point. It's like this is just a stepping stone. It's not teaching you everything. It's just one stepping right. stone. And they could have yeah, found the correlation a... that players found that out is like once we told them, "Hey, you can break this." Maybe they started to go break everything. And you're like, "Okay, that's exactly what we want because we want them to discover stuff." And then they get to discover the snake in one of the crates and it scares the shit out of them like we want it to. I think people don't see like the payoff sometimes of like how much that goes into it. So, no, yeah, I what did uh, Pl- good? No. Oh, sorry, Matt, I just one thing. Um, Mr. Plinkett in his review of whatever it was, probably Star Wars, is like, you didn't notice it, but your brain did. So, it's it's kind of like holding your hand a little bit in the village and then letting you go a bit to discover for yourself with something as simple as breaking the vases. Or finding out that they are breakable by trying it out. Later yeah, I think it's it's well, it's a it walks a fine line, right? Um, the only game that I can think of that I'm playing recently that has something similar to that is uh, Yakuza Kiwami Two, and you don't have Wait, to engage in the, in the. Mick McWumble's not here, right? We're safe to talk about this. <laughs> I think I think he's in the chat, but he's gonna have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> he's not under my desk, so yeah, I think I think we're good. Um, you don't have to do the side stories, right? Some of them, some of them, you kind of run into them and they just happen. Others, you have to seek out. You actually have to go talk to people. You have to actively engage with them. The ones that you actively engage with, though, uh, spoiler warning: there's one side story that you do um, where you have to. Um, unlock a back room to a shop that you may or may not have gone to. And the, the shop is for stuff that's not really useful in the game until you do the side story to unlock the, the weapons and you have access to the weapons in the back of the room, in the back room. Um, 
but if you weren't actively engaging in the side stories, um, you would never, you would never discover that. It'd be something you can completely miss. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say you can miss uh, getting a ch the uh, chocobo. All right. Um, yeah. In Final Fantasy 16, if you don't do that side quest. Yeah. Okay. But the yeah. but I think it, the game does a really good job by showing a little plus icon and making you go, "What the heck is a plus icon?" And all of a sudden, you yeah. do the mission. You're like, "Oh my god, I got a chocobo." And then you're like, oh, those might be way more rewardful. Maybe that's why it has a plus sign. And so then you start doing more plus sign missions. And then you're like, I'm getting these extra rewards out of them that I wouldn't get from the regular exclamation marks. So I definitely should be doing the plus ones. And it's like, that's right. what that's, that's what games do. That's, that's interesting that you say that, Mitch. I saw the plus icon, but I didn't actually realize that it meant that maybe it's slightly more important as a side quest. So maybe that's another way, uh, Burkoff is like label the side quests. You know, like when we have colors <laughs> for like loot. Uh, please don't do this, by the way. It would drive me nuts. But like, do something like that. Like you should probably do this side, at least this side quest, or make it make it part of the main quest. I don't know, but that is a nice touch to where the game is hinting that maybe you should focus on this one. Yeah, and then like this but. is this is what testing is all about. Like they probably didn't discover being like, why are the people. You know, like, why are the people not doing all these really good side quests that are going to be, like, worth people's time? Like, how do we better tell that to the player? Because we know, like, this game is already super long, and we want to make sure that they get to take full advantage of all the extras that we have, especially for, like, these characters that are, um, because the plus ones have a little more extra character stuff that happens as well. And it's little less fetchy side quests but at, or they might be but at the same time they do offer some variety and i just think uh my, my last point is that something people don't probably think about is like a casual player that plays a game too isn't again us as hardcore gamers we can mike we can handle managing a lot of things at the same time we're used to using a controller consistently we can handle new right. controls on occasion a newer player that maybe isn't is more new to video games even if they have the game on easy mode they are still probably struggling with the controls so mm -hmm. to have them try to self-discover things is probably a lot more difficult for them in the beginning of a title and that's why tutorials exist that's why they build in tutorials into games to try to make it as gender to make it as fluid as possible to make you um that's what i'm looking for but basically it's better to build your tutorial into the game mechanic itself rather than trying to like post a little card to tell you about something but sometimes you can't yeah. do it sometimes you just can't so like it's like okay well what's a way we can tell somebody pop up a card tell them what they can do and then have them try it. Um, I don't see a way I you could have told a player, hey, you can break this crate without an enemy maybe breaking it. But then what happens? The player might be confused being like, oh, only enemies can break crates. I can't break them. And doesn't or have the curiosity. Or, yeah. yeah. So like there's just um, it's a it's a it's a long thought out. It's not done just being willingly being like, let's just put up this little uh, instruction to say you can break a crate like this takes a lot of time for people to figure out what is the best way to demonstrate this to the player so I think that's something that yeah, people it, take for granted yeah it it yeah it, it really is is hard because uh, there's so many people playing video games at varying skill levels and 
how do you find a middle point where hardcore gamers with a Z trademark is like, this is so dumb. <laughs> Acting like I would never play a video game and they get they feel insulted. Sometimes it does feel insulting in, in tutorials, but also like it's there for a reason. Uh, I was going to pose a question to both of you. Would you prefer like there's so many games and I get it because they have to do this as Mitch is saying so many games in the it's like a 3D over the shoulder action adventure game in the tutorial they'll do the hold l forward to walk and then you get the classic <laughs> like something's in something's blocking the way and you're like yeah, yeah, push D push or zero. circle to crouch it's always oh, yeah. the same shit, right like walk crouch and so they teach you through uh the game uh actual traversing the environment little by little um, you know, they do it in, in The Last of Us as well, and then eventually you get your backpack and you can open up your inventory and stuff like that. Or would you would you prefer something that's a bit more diegetic like that? Or something that just, like, the screen pauses and it just shows you, like, these are all the things you can do. You I mean, first, this Burkhoff. might depend on the game itself. McCallum but... not here. I'm not going to interrupt you, Burkoff. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, by the way, uh, Nick Wamble in the chat says the gamers with a with a Z can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that should be our no, title it's... for this episode: the gamers can. <laughs> it, it, it is like it nothing is to do with what we're talking about. No, you know what you know what he said it to. You know what he set the the topic to was. Uh, Burkoff has a topic. That's, <laughs> that's the name of this episode right now. I have a topic. We don't know exactly what it is, but. We we found uh, the perfect perfect title for the show. Yeah, no, I mean, like, all right. So, uh, games also don't have instruction manuals these days, which was like a huge thing. Like, I can remember as a kid driving to Toys R Us, buying that game. The drive home, I would be reading that fucking manual. You know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah, it tells you exactly what to do. You don't have that with games these days. You don't. You don't have a, a a booklet that you open up to say like, all right, these are what I have to the buttons I have to hit to do X, Y, and Z. You have a digital um, one though. Sometimes. No, you sometimes do. you have a digital it's one. It's called it's called an options menu with control schemes. Well, as I'm saying, like yeah, like sometimes that is available. Sometimes like um, Yakuza will do it where like if you're in a mini game or whatever. You hit a button, it pops up the controller, so you can see like how the controls have changed. Um, I, know, I do like spend that. a lot of time in in the options menu before I play most games. But uh, Berkhoff, this reminded me of think about stuff like Nintendo Power, where it would like have right. the entire map of like Metroid in the in in the Nintendo Power, and there was no right. option for that in the actual game itself because they they were limited by how much. Um, Space. How big the game was. How much space? Was yeah, yeah, for the... yeah. So you, like, like the first DLC, you know, like hor yeah. it wasn't horse. It was like you got to buy the Nintendo Power if you want to beat this game because the game is a giant fucking labyrinth. And right. and yeah. with, like, telling you exactly how to get through the game, like a lot of that stuff was like Milo's secret castle, hidden castle, horrible NES game. Here I thought you were gonna say Milo, like the 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 Xbox the drink? project. Oh, oh my! Oh God! <laughs> Don't bring in Peter Molyneux into this thing. No. <laughs> um, but oh, you were saying Berkoff about the the manual. Yeah. yeah, no. So like, that's not really something that people do these days, right? So you have to find ways in order to integrate that same information into the game itself. 
in order to make it uh, so that people can actually interact with what you've created, you know, you need to play Tunic. Um, so Tunic was interesting. interesting. Take on yeah, the oh, okay, you play because it. it has it has the manual elements in it, yeah, and then you like learn the language and everything, yeah. I would that was an uh, interesting take on it. I would say I'm on Burkoff's side, but I'm for different reasons. Uh, there's so much more benefit to having you learn the controls by doing it in the game. Um, like an example, jumping. Even the simple concept of jumping, you learn how far a distance is that you can make a gap by actually having you yeah. do it in a game. Um, or if you, you can move you, the character or if the character has a specific arc that yep, they do. When exactly. They yeah. And, and you, all the other things you learn too is like you learn the environmental cues to know, hey, this is a crouchable area or this is something yeah. I can sneak past in between. This is the amount of gap space I can have. You learn so much in context by doing. Um, there's actually there's actually so many like psychological reasons to why in learning people are uh, people learn visually auditorily and then kinetically the kinetic is done that way because you see an actual demonstration you're doing the control at the same time so you're learning it that way visually you see the button control on the screen so that you know what button you need to press to or what movement you need to do to be able to do that certain thing on the screen and auditorily you get all that all at the same time because you have the ambiance of you know the the audio of him making the grunt to do the jump or the audio of the the shimmying that you're doing in between the objects so you're getting all those at once where in comparison if i just threw a menu at you and said here are all the controls you're only learning visually and that's just not enough yeah that's true and it's just like I, you know you it's can a, throw it all together it's so much easier to demonstrate to the player and then i think also it breaks down other barriers for players too because you've done it before now you can experiment knowing the basics of like exactly what is available to you. I would use a really good example. Print the original Prince of Persia did this, taught you the control scheme this way. And I think it was to its extreme. Are you talking about the sand, the sands of time? Yes, sands of time. The okay. original Prince of Persia, sands of time taught you the control scheme. Went, this this method. I went way back to the DOS version. I was like, what? The no, fuck? no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I wanted to, I <laughs> no, wanted no. to double check, make sure I hate, he was no, talking no, about. No, that. I don't, I don't count the DOS version. Um, uh, so sands of time. This is how it taught you the control scheme to be able to do things. And I think to this game, it did it to its benefit because. The part of what Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time did so, so well and what I think is missing in traversal games nowadays is traversal puzzling. Yeah. And being able to okay. teach you the basic controls by having you do it and complete a puzzle at the same time taught you the expanse of what you can do and then allowed you to experiment as you go further onto the puzzles. So I think it just it yeah. tackled all those birds with one stone and I think it was a real masterpiece of showing what you can do in tutorialization. So, yeah, I can agree with that. This um, something like Super Mario 3D World takes a Japanese concept. Uh, this is really embarrassing. I forgot the Japanese word for it. It's a four kanji word, but it it and there's a game makers shout out to Game Makers Toolkit, which is a great uh, YouTube channel that breaks down uh, design 
game design and, and video games in a very visually pleasing manner manner it's very high production value but he talks about uh super mario 3d world through the lens of a japanese design philosophy philosophy where you introduce a concept with um because like in that game there'll just be one-off concepts like for example in one level you jump and when you jump the red and white panels will flip every time you jump Right, and right. so what it'll do at the beginning of the, the level is, you know, because you're going to be jumping in that game naturally, it's not the beginning of the game that's telling you how to jump, which I don't think those games do, but it's at the beginning where it's a hand-holdy in the way, like, you start jumping and you start noticing every time you jump, the platform flips from, it's like look, looks like a domino, the red to, to blue. And if you fall down there, there's like, a, a, there's a floor that, that you can climb back up and try again. So there's no... um. You don't die. Penalty There's no consequences yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So it's yeah. showing you how to do that. And then uh, the next part is ramping up little by little, ramping up the difficulty with that puzzle. Uh, with and now that there's no floor to catch you, you'll if you make a mistake, you'll fall and die. And then what it'll do is turn the, a puzzle on its head in a, a unique way. So just when it increases the difficulty of the puzzle little by little, throughout the level, then it'll throw something more unique at you or, or layer that with a, one of the other jumping mechanics or things from a previous level that you've learned. And then at the end, it'll give you some sort of satisfactory ending to that whole thing. And uh, I like I like that idea. And when, like seriously, watch that Game Maker's Toolkit about it. It's, it's really interesting to see how they, they break down that idea and show examples from the game about how they introduce stuff and then ramp up the challenge, and then throw something. They turn it on its head, and then they have a satisfying conclusion to I mean, that type of stuff. I mean, I Portal yeah. is a better example, to be honest. That game literally. I've actually never you... played Portal. Oh, okay, oh, so like dude. that game literally teaches you a new mechanic, then does a spin on that mechanic. Teaches you a new mechanic, then does a spin on yeah. that mechanic. Then it goes yeah, the new whole, room. The use the game. two mechanics and combine them together. It's that one I would say is more of a masterclass of puzzling. Um, in any I video should, game, to be honest, I should, I should play it. Dude, well, how, the how Talos Principle doesn't. Portal? I I know. I, well, I don't know. It's like it came to the orange box, but I never had <laughs> the orange box. So well, it didn't run well. It was like three anyway. So we, yeah, it was a PC game. I had a PlayStation Three. I bought a PlayStation Three in 2012. It's like dude, you can. You I'm can all, run, I was all out of whack. You can run beginning. Portal <laughs> on anything now because the game is so old. Any any laptop yeah. could run Portal easily. It's not yeah. like it's yeah. a, it's not like a powerhouse on your PC. Like I could run that thing at like two hundred frames a second if I wanted. Might to. Might be able to play it on that Xbox that you got. You might be able to. Let Xbox me. Store. But if I'll 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 have to check. I should. But like the Talos Principle as well, uh, Burkoff is a great game that, uh, you know, and this is true for most puzzle games. This is just how you have to design them. Is you have right, to right. introduce concepts little by little. To where it's like at the end of that game, you're doing the craziest, most layered shit that you've ever seen. And by that time, the game has prepared you drip feed with explaining how puzzles work con contextually because you're, you're doing them as you're, you're, you're learning as you're doing them. To where like at the end of that game, you're doing all this awesome shit that you it's been impossible for you to know how to do any of that stuff if, if well, they didn't just um, one up you slowly teach you. Not actually puzzles. It's just games in general. Like every sure. mechanic you do. It will evolve. It's like the beginning is the basics, and every time you will be 
to put in a new situation that puts a spin on its head that keeps having you grow and learn new things whether that's new enemy types that's like a consider a puzzle uh new weapon types new upgrades all that kind of stuff is just just like that same concept it's just giving more choice right. to the player yeah like oh like you know you you beat the the easy enemies and then all of a sudden there's one with a shield yep like okay exactly. there's a new way you have to to right, defeat that yeah. guy and then then there's one that his attacks can't be blocked or their attacks mm -hmm. can't be blocked and at the end of the game there's eight different kinds of enemies and you know exactly how to deal with each one because exactly. the game has taught you little by little. yeah 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 it's yeah. um i mean games parallel are, games are a puzzle that's literally everything is a puzzle in games it's just it's Sometimes you don't see it because you're just having too much fun with it. You're really, I'm having fun shooting their heads off, not knowing that actually they're teaching me how to take out the enemies differently because of, you know, or changing my strategy or like doing something different because of the new enemy type. Um, it's, well, yeah, like, it was kind of what I was saying before. It, was, it walks a fine line between spoon feeding somebody and giving them just enough to where they feel like they have uh, figured it out for themselves. Yep. You know. What other problems do you have, Burkoff, besides Mega Hint puzzles? No, that was, that was it. I mean, like, the, the title was was sensationalist, but I, at the end of the day, like, it was just, I, I wanted to talk about um, design philosophies for, like, new games, and, you know, the fact that you don't have instruction manuals, you have to do different things in, in new games to in order to uh, supplement that. Well, let me pose so. this question, then. What is your solution to the problem? For you and Evan, what's your solution to the spoon feeding problem? I think you have to let the player fail first. You have to let them understand that if you do certain things, it results in not succeeding in the game. Let me be devil's so, advocate for one second, just because like, I, love, right. I love playing this game. What if by having them fail, they instantly just want to quit the game? And your entire um, goal as a dev is to keep them playing the game out. Right, right, right. Yeah. What know, if they're like, question. this is stupid. Why is it not working the way I've always felt like it was supposed to work? I, I feel like I feel like you're always going to have those people. Like they're, You can't get rid of those people. They're always going to exist, right? No matter what you do. So I would stay, I would stay the course. I would, I would say, no, it, it, the game has to... Not necessarily punish you, but um, just have that that element of if oh if I if I don't do X Y and Z like my character won't make it or whatever. What do you think, Evan? What's your solution to the problem? Um, it's hard because I remember the first time I had noticed that games were being quote unquote dumb dumbed down uh, slash brain dead losers can't handle a mental challenge <laughs> as otaps would 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 consider it being was it um batman Ar arkham origins the game that the arkham team didn't make which i actually think is a severely underrated game it's definitely better than it's, arkham knight it's hilarious you hate it's it? Not included. it well it's hilarious it's not included in any packages so if That's you buy mean to that team if you no, if you buy the Arkham collection, it doesn't include that game. 
I'm, right. I wonder That's, if curiosity even maybe has there's more an to issue. do with like license publishing issues. Like you can't yeah, because, yeah, 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 because be, the yeah, portions yeah. of the money would go in different directions, and maybe like if they bought it, it's just not enough of a percentage to make the other studio yeah, worth yeah. it. It's just funny. Um, where when I started that game, it said press L to walk, and I think I took a snapshot of it. I'm like this is where, this is where we're going with this. And oh no 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 that's Arkham City my friend. I'm guessing I guess the opening, Arkham City the, did it as well. I just didn't the notice. The opening scene is where literally you stand there and it just says press forward to walk. So but also it also game. turned the camera it also did a weird thing. It's like they did the camera and the way the camera was it didn't have like movie bars to like signify it's a cutscene. So all of a sudden it just had the camera stay there. And then if you waited mm. too long, then it would pop up the hint of press forward to walk when you were supposed to walk like three minutes ago. But you didn't know because you hey. thought it was all part of still the cinematic. Oh, uh, sure, sure. And again, that's playtesting thing. Hey, brain dead loser who can't ha handle a mental challenge, push the L <laughs> stick forward. Um, I think the, uh, the L stick. What if it was the right stick by this time? Oh, difficult for me. What? Please cater to all of my needs because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kidding. That's mean. Um, I think the <laughs> I think the solution is accessibility features. Mitch, uh, I'm not trying to Mitch. like score points with you or anything like that, but like right. that stuff is. It just it seems so recent. And I'm glad that it, it exists in games where it's like, oh, wow, this is so, um, there's so many accessibility options and you can, yeah, you can toggle and kind of change so many little things about the game. And uh, like, I think that's, that's cool. And so, uh, put that stuff in accessibility options and maybe before you start the game, uh, at the title screen, Tell the well a lot of that stuff before you even get the title screen, it'll be like HDR settings, accessibility settings. So yeah. it's not hidden in the options menu, it's showing you right away before you even hit the title screen. Like, hey, these are things that um you can toggle and you should you're gonna we're gonna show you how to do that now and not hide it behind the option menu that you realize there's all these cool cool features that you can uh adjust, like you know, when you're twelve hours into the game. So I think that's the solution is just adding more accessibility features for stuff like this and they're really for all of like the hint giving that has been pretty egregious in the tomb raider games and horizon and even god of war there has to be an option to turn them completely off because from what i remember the only thing they've done so far is like minimum amount of hints or and again like the uncharted thing like give someone a chance to solve it themselves and if they're taking too long then suggest a hint. I, I thought Uncharted did that well without, you know, feeling insulted or getting mad at the game or whatever. And like, of course, there's going to be someone who's and it takes a snapshot on Twitter or fucking Threads or Mastodon or whatever. Game so dumb. I'm so smart. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> like most people, I think they don't care about that stuff. So. Uh yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm oh, go. Well, I was gonna say like I like the idea of. Uh setting up your game on first launch right like and having those menu options just uh, populate because 
as much as I want to like just jump into the game and I'm kind of mad at the game that it's asking me to like set the brightness level and everything. After I go through all that shit, I'm way happier. The fact that it actually yeah. asked me ahead of time and I spent that five minutes, you know, to, to do all these little minor adjustments that I don't have to think about when I'm actually in game. I think that's honestly like, that's how you deal with it. You know? Well, you also just... you look at it like, most people don't know what kind of options are available in a game until you put it in their face. Yeah. Um, some yeah. people don't even think about looking in the options menu to see what options are available to you as a player to be able to adjust the game for your experience. So to have that on boot yeah. really helps a lot because it literally just puts it all in your face. And it also says, uh, so like you'll, you'll see God of War Ragnarok did this amazingly well is like, they're like, Hey, you can, do you want to just adjust the general settings or do you want to look at the accessibility options? And right, then it kind of gave right. the player the option to kind of be like, no, nah, I just need to see general settings. I'm just like, I don't need any accessibility. And even when yeah, they defaults fine for me. Yeah. And, uh, even with the accessibility options, they, I, I think they list, I can't remember. It's been so long since I did the boot menu for that game, but, um, like I, in my mind, I'd love to to see it listed of like what kind of stuff you can adjust, which I think they did. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm on the Evans side. Like I really like, um, I do love how uncharted does our, the hints and just, you know, if you can't solve it after a certain amount of time, there's a hint button, you hit it and it'll point you in the right direction. Um, I do think also it should just be an option. Like I don't mind the default setting being hold your hand, tell you what to do. I don't mind that as the right. default because I'd rather you be able to solve the puzzle and continue rather than be frustrated and not know it's a menu option to change and turn it on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, a vast majority of them will want that on, whether we like it or not. So yeah. with that being said, it would be great to have a menu option saying, I don't want any hints. I want some hints. I want my hint to be on a button after after a significant amount of time. Um, it's It's that kind of thing. And then leave it there and like hey if the hint button shows up doesn't mean you have to click it if you're like hey i still right. i still want to try to solve this puzzle don't hit the button then yeah. just keep playing yeah. just keep trying to figure it out but at least the hint is there to be able to help you as a player i'm always you think i can i can't do it by myself i was a nom <laughs> i am always an advocate for having an option for you as a player to be able to do something and heck i'm a giant advocate for a skip puzzle option hundred percent like okay uh we we have it in the last of us it's a great option for if you just feel like you can't solve the puzzle and you still want to have a good experience you can skip it and the best part is all you hit is the options menu and it's the first thing that pops up in the options menu so you don't have to go digging in the options to find the skip puzzle button as long as you have it enabled um it's an enabled button but if you enable it yep. If you hit options, it'll pop up as the first thing on the menu. You can click it, skip, bam, you're good. Best part about it, you don't miss story. That's even better. It's like you just get to right, the right. next closest thing before the next story beat, so you're not missed. You don't feel like you're missing the experience. Um, I mean, I have ideas of how I want to improve that, but like that's a different story. Um, like in my mind, I love to see if I ever hit a skip puzzle option. I love to have the con the player be controlled by uh, by AI and just literally complete the puzzle in front of you just so you know how it was done instead of just feeling like you missed out on how it was completed because then it might give you a eureka moment and you might learn something along the way so like that's a cool way you could do a like a skip puzzle option of the future don't know if it's possible it's just like something that I, has been on I, my brain for a while but that actually would be super i like cool. that uh, 
It's almost like a uh, a toggle cinematic. Yeah, um, almost. Yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. it's almost. Like, a... Do you do you want to solve the puzzle yourself, or do you want to toggle a cinematic? You could have a story mode uh, difficulty setting, which that was like the default. You know. Yeah, I mean? that would be nifty. Where it's like every time you get yeah. to a puzzle, like it self does it for you. You just stand does there, it, and it'll yeah. it'll be a pre could be a pre recorded gameplay of someone else doing it um, on the developer side and they just play a, a basically a video for you seeing how it was done and then you just continue mm. playing your gameplay yeah there's just there's so many ways to do it but like yeah i just um i'm always an advocate for trying new things and expanding things so that would be my expansion of a skip puzzle option in the future um that i think yeah, would be really that. helpful for people yeah i think i think the video thing is is a good idea it's a it's a good idea across many genres because if you're if a game is a puzzle game like the talus principle skipping the puzzle is detrimental to the game because it, then you, you won't for be able puzzle. to you need True, it for the next yeah. thing so in, instead of whereas like in resident evil 4 remake there's this there's a couple puzzles where you have to like just flip like panels around and there's some people their brains just don't work i hate sliding panel puzzles <laughs> i hate them I I'm not even. I can't too. even tell you how much I hate them. My brain. I try, but my brain just doesn't understand how they work. Nor do I want to put the um, effort into learning how how they work. So, in that regard, a skip puzzle feature for a game that's not focused around the puzzles. It's kind of just like a side thing for Leon to do before you go to like the actual meat and potatoes of the game. Totally. But then, for something like the Talos Principle, like you were saying, Mitch, maybe a video. And then you can see how, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize I could do that. Now I know. Right, right. Now, so that you crazier, are still learning. Even crazier is like, if you if you want to take that and expand it even further, it's like, it might not even be a video. Like, if there's some way to do it in the game itself, and then you could just stop it at any time you want because you feel like you can solve it after oh, that. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't need the rest. Yeah, of it, yeah, I don't need the rest of the hint. Let me just solve it now because like I think I know. And then like you, a projection it, or something. And then if you're like stuck still, if you try to solve it and you're stuck, you can just go back and it'll it'll continue on as right. if you were just playing like normal and it will finish solving the puzzle for you. So like that that is like a way to even expand that even farther. Don't even know what's in the realm of possibility, but like, you know, it's just uh it's just like a thing of the future that I think games could really do. Um the, the only problem with that is this is just about skipping puzzles and like how much time do we need to spend on doing that rather than focusing on the experience for other for for everyone else so it's right, right. it's like, like balance you, of like do yeah to to give them to give the player the ability to do that yeah and it's like versus, how much time are you spending yeah, like, doing that like it's a catch-22 situation so like obviously something like this if if would be worked on or implemented in any capacity um would be like small stepping stones eventually getting to that place where i would like imagine this idea working um right but yeah. just because there is just uh, people are limited on what they can do for how much time it takes to build a title so totally um before it seems like we're coming to the end of the conversation here uh can we try something out for this episode and then we can just not do it ever again but <laughs> I kind of want to try it. Sure, this is right. called the Twitch chat log. Um, most of <laughs> us have not. Well, this would actually require both of you to go on to Twitch. Pixelplants Twitch to see the chat. I'm on it right now. Hold yeah, on, let me pull it up. It. Yeah. But is it going to show the entire log though? If you chat, uh, probably not. Look yeah, now. Yes, yes it will. 
Yep, I have the whole it thing. It will. Yeah, I have the um, yeah, chat starting at 12.26. I have it starting with Mick Womble saying, who are these smelly bastards? Okay, I have that. Yep, 12.37. Oh, okay. Before that. Okay. Okay, can we just... I don't have that, so okay. I'm going to we're we're going to read the entirety of the the Twitch chat and then play different people. I'll be McWomble. Burkoff, how about you be yourself, even though you only did two comments, and then Mitch, you can be Dan. Can we can we try this? And we never do it again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mitch is like, <laughs> why? Evan, I don't like. Stop, stop, stop with your ideas. You always have bad ideas. Okay, here we go. This is a Twitch chat. <clears throat> I'm Mick Womble, by the way. Mitch is Dan. Burkoff is Burkoff. Here we go. Who are these smelly bastards? Ha 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 ha. Evan, you're not enjoying Final Fantasy 16? Yeah, he's really not liking it. Lol. Interesting. Is it because the dialogue isn't shitty anime enough? Matt. We need to Diablo for some reason. We are still not friends. He just doesn't like you enough. Uh, I, hold on. I got to figure out what kind of face that is. I don't even know what kind of emoji that is. The pondering. It's the pondering. Pa pondering, pondering face. Uh, at McWomble. Arrow, oh, is that a thumbs up or a middle finger? Thumbs up. That's a middle finger. That's a middle finger. Oh, is it a middle finger? Yeah, that's oh, a middle yeah. finger. Ha <laughs> ha out uh lol my wife even wanted to play the other night and i just wasn't into it at the time you can tell her man wrote a aloy because she mansplains to herself that's pretty good actually at burkoff <laughs> i'm enjoying more and more as i play at mcwomble ha 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 you are defo right the gamers with a z can fuck off Oh, I'm always here, even when I'm not. I think I'm the only person who rewatches this show. At McWomble, you might be right with the star. Um, and he's wrong. I do watch back these podcasts. <laughs> and end the scene. Let's never do that again. I just thought we should <laughs> give it a try. I think you just Please played do. the wrong character, Evan. You were you're you're more of a Dan guy than a than a Yeah, yeah. Than a than a McWomble. Okay, maybe if the text chat is long enough at some later point, we'll we'll, we'll try to um, play the people that we'd, we'd be better at. You know, uh, we we should do more expressing. of like who was our favorite commenter of the episode, and and then give them a, and then give them a shout out for their comment that they made that we loved so much. So like shout would, out to the I Nick Womble. Now I give shout out the, to you the, can. Oh. I was gonna say I give a shout out to the damn boy ninety with that at McWomble and a total middle finger. <laughs> it's a pretty good combat. You guys, it's you right guys to the miss, it's, it's Kurt. You guys see the at Shelburne, uh, you know, saying he wanted to see Evan put me on his shoulders. Yeah, I did see that one. Oh shit! Yeah, and touch the ceiling. No, I maybe I, one day. I like your titles when you visit Japan. I, I think it's funny <laughs> because I'm the shortest uh, pixel biner there is. How tall are you? Five seven. Holy shit, you're short. <laughs> yeah, five seven, five eight at the most. And I'm I'm not that tall either. I'm like just five ten. So so well, we're the Burkhoff same height together. We're the same height, Evan. I'm would just, not I'm just touch my ceiling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You and me, Evan. We, need, we could touch the ceiling. 
Probably. Two McWombles could definitely touch the ceiling. I met him in person. He's <laughs> he's a tall guy. Like uh, Dan is. I think Dan's a bit taller than than us. Two Dans could definitely touch the ceiling. Two Evans. I'm not. So, I'm not so sure. Get so dang close. I wish I could. I wish I could. Unfortunately, I. Yep. All right. What's going on? What are we doing? It's well, all my fault. I've been waiting for Burkoff to say the words, and he, he could have said it there, and he just totally whiffed on it. What are you talking about? Like I was waiting. You guys started talking, and I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna say it." Well, he, he's, he's said, being nice. He said it's such a great yeah. comment where it would hop in to say like, "Oh, two Evans definitely wouldn't touch the ceiling," and then that's where you're supposed to say the words. And that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, on that note, we're out. We're done. For this shit. <laughs> it's you gonna change your catchphrase, and that's all, folks. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> So, my second year that I didn't talk about, Boars Oh, wow. What is that banquet logo? Was that an origi the original name? Yeah, just, oh, the banquet beer. Banquet beer, yeah. Just regular yeah, yeah. Boars.